I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel. Say what you want. Welcome to the rent room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. And you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it 2023, y'all. Yeah, on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. You know, I had bars like that, huh? Uh, <laughs> Should have brought my own. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> music and culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Uh, Chris Derrick is out today, but we got a dope show for y'all. So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. So today we got the little sis in the building. Woo, woo, woo. Oh. Blah, blah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Drop the beat now. She Drop throwing, the beat. She's throwing them up for y'all. Look at that. Throwing up gang signs over here. <laughs> it's going to be one of them episodes, Danielle. <laughs> so we got little sis, writer, producer herself, Danielle. Is it Iman or Iman? Iman. Danielle Iman. Yeah. I like that. It's even better. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the model. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, indeed. Yes, My indeed. first podcast, actually. Is it really? My very first podcast that I'm on. So As much game as you give, you ain't been on some other you shows? No, that's why I've been wondering. Like, huh. come on now. Where are the invites? Where are the mm-hmm, invites? But mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm putting it out there right now. I y'all, need to, y'all need to hit her up. <laughs> y'all need to hit her up. That's After this up. one, they might be like, nah, girl. This, it's okay. <laughs> You're doing you, extra. You can keep that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's tell everybody, Danielle, um, where you from? And, you know, how did you get into the game in the first place? Yeah, so. Okay, that's enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all your time. That's all exactly. your time. Thanks, I'm a little silly, as you say. All good. Uh, yeah, I'm from um, Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. Um, so shout out to the DMV for those who don't know, DC, Maryland, Virginia. Mm-hmm. We're trying to put you on the map. Um, and you know, I just feel like raised by what I like to call a, wolves. A, mm-hmm. mm, some female wolves. <laughs> yeah, just a clan of like just dope. You know, creative artistic women like I, I was really raised by that that female village mm-hmm. single mom raised me and my my older sister okay. and you know growing up I feel like as a kid I was just very into everything like very artsy love to draw love to create short stories and write things down and mm-hmm. I also had a very weird, unique relationship to music. So I played five different instruments. But she got bars, y'all. She gonna you know, sing I for got, us. That's so what she I'm she gonna to, sing with shoes. I'm trying she to gonna... drop the mixtape <laughs> soon. Okay, the strike mixtape exactly. coming soon. Give it to him. Give it to him. One track for every day we've been on strike. <laughs> <laughs> 146, seven. <laughs> it's a ten-part mixtape. Oh um, but just like a quirky kind of kid, like I had a mm. weird style. Love to wear boy clothes. It's very mm-hmm. much a tomboy. And, you know, even with all that, like, artsy stuff, I love to play sports. So mm-hmm. basketball was, like, my thing. Basketball mm-hmm. and running, pretty much. And that became, like, my safe haven. Like, my 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 home away from home was either on the basketball court or on the track. Okay. Um, so. Did, did you just watch the track and field? Girl, I was in it. You know it. I don't care about nothing else but the track and Well, I, like, I do like the gymnastics. 
that, that, that Jeanette, yeah, 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 yeah. But there is nothing like track and what's so funny is like last year my mom and i took a trip out to the world championships because it was here in the u.s for the first time Mm -hmm. i think ever or something and we just had the best the best fucking time i was like oh wait yeah we can curse on here um (laughs) just the the best time and it was such a full circle moment because and i'm sure we'll get to it but Mm -hmm. obviously i ran track but it's been such a long journey for me to come back to track and love it again the way I do now. But now you're from the outside. But from the outside, do you, do you exactly. Do you still jog? Do you still like run on a track for? You exercise? know, listen. Because I, I see keep, your little tight little body. Yeah, I, I, see I was you. gonna say I, I got the video this down. You know, being a rider, you just sitting there, <laughs> exactly. And you know, you just kind of like, ooh, it's a little pudge. So every <laughs> weekend, <laughs> I'll try to go out every weekend. Mm-hmm. But it's nothing like. It's nothing uh, too serious. Like, I'll do, like, a couple miles, and it's more just therapeutic. It's, like, after so... Clearing your mind type of shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I kind of find, like, being a former athlete, after a while, you like, my body is just like, you got you to gotta move. You got to get out there. You got to kind of reset. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my reset. So I, I do try to get out there and run every so often. You just said something interesting. See, and I think movies did it. Whenever you think of the jocks, do you think of the asshole types? Okay. Right? Let's get into it. But, okay. Let's okay, get look, into look, it. Look, look, look. Chapter six, <laughs> bitch. Look. This, but, uh, this uh, track number uh, 200 exactly. on the mixtape. But, but you started off by saying, like, I'm kind of a nerd, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, and I love that because I call myself a cool nerd. Yeah. Clearly. Duh, this bitch is straight up nerd. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm a cool nerd. Don't get yeah, it twisted. Sure. I still fuck you up, though. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I put the last lane, like, we be going. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I like what you said there because you don't always put two and two together yeah. with the jocks. Yeah. That they are not part of the cool crowd. Right. You know what I mean? But you're like, I was a nerd who actually was a jock. A thousand percent. So you got two for one, bitch. That's what I'm talking about. Two for one. A thousand percent. Like, I was that kid who was in the marching band Mm -hmm. and got clowned on for being in the marching band. Right, right. Wait, wait, what'd you play? What'd you play? Saxophone. Okay. And then, you know, was on the basketball court. Mm -hmm. You know, getting triple doubles. (laughs) And whatnot. Ah, ah. I'm making looks over here. I'm skills. like, you know, uh-huh. most most games <laughs> crossover king, don't crossover ch- queen. Don't check Look. that. Don't check that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was. I I recognized early on that I was unique in that way okay. because I felt like I kind of mixed, um, like mixed groups a little bit. Like I had friends who were you know the typical nerds, and I had friends who were the typical jocks, and mm-hmm. I never felt like I was in one or the other. I just felt like I'm just free flowing. I'm just right. I'm just here. I'm just there, and I'm just you know doing what I like, which happens to be a lot of stuff. It sounds like you kind of reverse code switch depending on where you need to go. Oh you know yeah, what I mean, so to speak. You know what I'm going. But but, but that was still there too. Yeah. You know, just you know, obviously being black and mm-hmm. navigating different worlds and it's like okay i'm with my people now so i can kind of let my hair down and it's like oh i'm with this uh other group (laughs) uh it's a different if it's different language you know so i think all all of that helped and like definitely made me who i am for sure and that was kind of you know who i was growing up and and like i was saying like basketball track kind of took the forefront of that like Mm -hmm as a kid definitely had like the biggest aspirations like i was like oh i want to i want to write a book one day mm-hmm. i want to um i want to like be a musician i want to do something with music but you know realistically sports having the hold on me that it did and also just me loving it so much mm-hmm. and then knowing like sports is, they're not always going to be there like you have a certain amount of time to kind of like pursue that and make it happen right. 
um, and luckily my family just kind of <clears throat> nurtured that in me and, and supported me in that and just kind of fell in love deeper in love with that mm-hmm. so that kind you, of do you come from a big family you mentioned strong women that raised you up yeah so um, all my family's back home on the east coast mm-hmm. I feel like I have so many girl cousins and that's what I mean by like being raised Girl, by play women. cousin. Thank your cousin. No, listen. Like, all of it is like for every ten girl cousins, I have uh-huh. like one guy cousin. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. we outnumber guys so much. And and shout out to the guys in, in the Williams mm-hmm. James family. Y'all y'all are cool too. But <laughs> it's like growing up with all those girls was amazing. Mm-hmm. But then I was the only tomboy. Mm-hmm. Like the only time I was like, come that's on funny. now. Not a, not another one of y'all want to play basketball. <laughs> you just gonna leave me out here hanging. Is <laughs> that good and bad hair? They like yeah. <laughs> I mean, for sure, they were like, "Girl, you gonna wear that? Exactly, like, right. aren't those boy shorts? Nah. <laughs> like, you gonna wear your braids like for that long? Like, <laughs> you got that good hair. What you doing with that on? Like, you really looking like set it off right now? Like, are you good? Like, like I'm just comfortable, y'all. Like, it's okay. <laughs> you know, just finding my way. And they were, you know, they were really good about it too. And I think. You know, now coming to my own and coming into my own style and mm-hmm. just who I am, like that was really important for me. That was, that's my anchor. That's my foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, so so, you know, sports really took me everywhere I wanted to go. I think you know it opened so many <laughs> doors. Like I got a you know scholarship to come out of a public school and go to a private school in high school. Okay. It opened that door. Then it ended up getting me into college. You know, I had, you know, Where'd you go? University of Virginia. Okay. So I was there on a track scholarship running. And I would say that is when things change. Hmm. Like everything changed. Like what? Those four That's years. because you was free. Mm-hmm. All Honestly, at the club. No, 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 All no. All freak no. Nick and stuff. I got the video tape. <laughs> freak Nick. <laughs> Before my time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, it was like the dead opposite. Mm. It was unfortunately just not a good experience. Okay. So going to and, and like without is getting, that a white college or a black college? It's a white college. Okay. And that's another it's, that's it's another part problems. of the layers too. Like <laughs> exactly. being from that DC area, my entire family went to Howard. Mm. So I grew up kind of like a Howard baby. I was there all the time. I knew what that HBCU experience right. was. And then getting to be 18, going out looking for colleges myself, I partly wanted to like branch out, but the other part of it was I'm looking for scholarships because that's the way I can get to sure. school. And I'm looking for that D1 that's going to like, you know, my focus was track. My focus was being that athlete. And mm-hmm. so that took me to UVA, um, which ended up being just, if I could describe it in one word, I would say devastating. Hmm. Like the entire four years was just one devastating event after the other because having going in wide-eyed and having so many dreams about what I want to accomplish and what my future was going to look like and it totally ended up being the dead opposite Hmm. but also those four years were so necessary because I can't sit here and say because I love where I am now I can't sit here and say that I would change anything about Mm -hmm. my past because I feel like it's gotten me to where I am now Mm -hmm. and I can't give now up for anything so without going into a full another podcast about all the details that went down, but it was, you know, just trying to really challenging navigating as a D1 athlete in a system where we had coaching staff and athletic administration that I feel like didn't, you know, 
put my best interest forward or didn't prioritize the, the student athletes. Okay. And so really being mixed up in that chaos on top of just, you know, being an 18 year old trying to figure out who mm-hmm. you are and what you want to do. And I think college really brings that out in people. You're kind of forced to sit with yourself and really decide like what is it that you're interested in outside of being an athlete what is it that you want to do potentially Mm -hmm. in life and i really truly had no idea so i was doing stuff like majoring in spanish (laughs) with with no you know concept of like what am i going to do with this and you know but fortunately that's that's part of the time where we know you like them Dominican dudes. That's you all know, it is. Mm-hmm. I got the video you know the mixtape coming soon. <laughs> exactly. Espanol, the mixtape. Um, so you know, I kind of uh, dug back into myself, I guess, and and figured out like, okay, what is that I, I'm interested in? I mm-hmm. love music. I've always loved that. I love TV and film. Always loved that. And mm-hmm. I was really looking for a way to put that together, and that kind of got me to editing. Mm. like post-production work and what i would do is like in between classes like fumble around with the adobe suite like put that on my computer figure Mm. out what premiere pro is about like Mm. make little videos and stuff and uh figure out like teach myself how to do um um after effects and stuff like that and i just loved it so much and there wasn't really a um a major at uva for that um so i was just doing it on my own Mm -hmm. And the more I did that, the more I realized, okay, I I really like movies. I really like TV. Like, Mm -hmm. let me try to learn more about that. And then there really wasn't a program. There's no film program in UVA. (laughs) At least at the time I was there, like Mm -hmm. the closest thing they had was media studies, which is like... Is that like communications or some shit? Basically, basically. It's like their version of communications, but there were some classes that you could take that delve into um like film analysis or screenwriter analysis and Mm -hmm. so what i was really trying to get to was learning more about that so i would just take those classes and i ended up minoring in media studies still feeling like i'm so far away from whatever i really want to do um but that whole process that four years by the end of it I was kind of at a, at a very serious crossroads. So we had all this chaos going on with track. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, I feel like m- me personally, I was just a ball of chaos because I didn't know what I was <laughs> four years at school. And I'm still like, what am I going to do? I can speak Spanish, but um, <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> and then after the end of four years, I ended up getting this uh, job offer from Foxport South. There was a production assistant internship okay. paid, though. Good. So it was down. Where, where, where my ten percent? You know, listen, it's still coming. It's still coming. <laughs> um, so I was there thinking, okay, well, at the time I was injured, I was planning on redshirting, mm-hmm. coming back for a fifth year. That was the dream. That had always been the goal, was to see how far I can make it in track. That was. So the redshirt does that mean to take a pause, or does that mean I thought it also meant? And you know, better notice. I'm just asking a question. Yeah. So I'm listening to Leslie Jones's new book right now, mm-hmm. and she talks about how she was going to, what's the school up here with a C? Chapman. She went to Chapman for yeah. a while, and then some bullshit happened. She got transferred to like Colorado, like in the fucking mountains somewhere, mm-hmm. with the coach who used to be there. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. And she didn't know, but I thought she said she got redshirted, where she had to sit on the bench for a year until she could play or something. Is that similar, or is that different? So... Yes. So redshirting, you you basically are 
taking uh you're forfeiting one season mm -hmm. for health reasons but you 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 re retain that season that eligibility oh, okay but when you transfer so at the time because like ncaa rules are so different now right. you can transfer now and not have to sit out a, a season but back then uh, what i think the rules were if you transfer out of school to go to a different school mm -hmm. you have to sit out a full season wow and I'm not sure that you got that season back, but if you if you called it a red shirt, mm -hmm. then that you you preserve that eligibility. Oh, so, so it's like saying you're injured during that time. Exactly, oh, and okay. you might you but, might very well be. You yeah, know, who, who, who she knows? didn't go into much detail about what that meant. So maybe yeah. that's why I was okay. I mean, it's just crazy. Like we, I mean, shoot, <clears throat> I could talk all day about like NCAA stuff and how <laughs> things are different now, but that was another part of it, right? right? I was having such a negative experience and i remember one year there was a time where i not like i couldn't go a day without thinking should i transfer hmm. is this sounds like the writer's room when you always worry you're gonna lose your job <laughs> and you're like listen <laughs> is there something better do you out ever there like chill back and relax is it <laughs> no, <laughs> no <laughs> not at all because you just don't know exactly. um and it was that type of fear of like even if i did transfer to a better situation i mm -hmm. would have to sit out potentially for an entire year right um, and so that was all the chaos that was going on. Like if you can imagine an 18 year old, 19 year old, 20 year old who doesn't know much about anything, who's not being guided through the system mm -hmm. and there's all these questions and stuff like that poured on to like the stress that I was having, the anxiety that I was having on top of being injured, on top of wanting to perform, on top of my dreams falling apart, on top of not knowing what I was going to do as a career, mm -hmm. like all that stuff that, that people, you know, you don't quite see right. um, from the outside looking in. That was everything I was going through. And then I, all I had to sum up for the four years was like, a fork in the road right you got this job over here you, you kind of interested in but you don't really know <laughs> or you can redshirt and come back right and who knows what's going to happen there and to be honest i was like i'm gonna take that red shirt because mm. i was so i was hanging on so tightly to this dream mm -hmm. and i remember having a conversation with my mom with our new coaching staff who we finally got in um and they were all like girl Girl, girl, girl. You were like, danger, I, girl. I, I, you, you, it, was very, it was very much like that. Like, exactly. you, like, you sure you want to choose that? Like, they were trying to guide me, like, listen, mm -hmm. listen. You can't even train anyway. Right. You hurt. You got a broken foot. Like, what you going to do? You know, like, go do the job that's going to pay you. Mm -hmm. Explore something outside of being an athlete. Right. And then if you, if like, hey, it's a year long. Like, if you want to keep training, we'll find you a way to keep training. Like, it's, it's not the end of the world. Like, right. calm down. Like, you don't need to be here to, like, do this. And I was like, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So. You're like, but I needed to be in the Olympics by the time I was 21. I, no, dead ass. <laughs> exactly. Like, that is the, that was what I was telling myself. Right. Like, the crazy toxic timeline of, like. But that's not how my dream was mm -hmm. set up. Like, you tripping. Because <laughs> by now, I'm already, like, 2.2 months behind exactly. on, on exactly. my base. Um, but ended up, th thankfully, uh, taking the job, moving to Atlanta. And that changed everything. Mm. Like, that was that was the year of my life that I feel like God was like, I'm going to do some work on this kid. I was in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. No family there. You know, extended cousins, but, like, no close family, no close friends. I mm -hmm. was fully alone. And the best way I could describe that year was, like, being in rehab with just me and God. Mm. I feel like God had to do, like, a full reset. And I had to just detox from 
Changing being, habits and everything. Yes, mm-hmm. from like being an athlete, from being from that whole old way of thinking and like, you know, I spent my entire life training for this one thing. Mm-hmm. Now I have to change course. And that was terrifying. Mm-hmm. And even though I was having the best time working at Foxborough South, I was doing like uh, highlight reels and working the teleprompter, Wait, which so I was did not this good at. So did editing come in handy? Or Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So that's pretty much what I was doing, um, loving it. Mm-hmm. And putting together these you know, reels for like local sports shows and stuff. Um, and it also obviously helped that this was a sports network and still in sports. So still in yeah. sports. So I was familiar and you know, the community there was, right. I feel like gave me a lot of grace knowing that I was a former athlete, but just doing a lot of cool things, messing up the teleprompter a lot, <laughs> like, you know, going to different football games, not to say that I'm like interested in all sports or whatever, but yeah. it was just nice. It was mm-hmm. just familiar. It was like a, a safety net for me and fumbled my way somehow into TBS working for NBA TV mm. and did a freelance job doing highlight reels for like NBA. Okay. And let me tell you, that was really fun. That was a good time. Like doing highlight reels for like LeBron and mm-hmm. like big time, but it was also she called so, LeBron like that's her cousin. You know, LeBron, stuff, you know. like, you know, <laughs> what's up LeBron? Like, I, you know, I did that highlight reel one time. (laughs) Um, But that was also super stressful, but just a lot of fun. And then being in Atlanta, all these black people were there. I'd never Mm -hmm. seen so many black people in a professional space. Then Mm -hmm. when I went and lived in Atlanta for the first time, I was like, whoa. Even even when you went to D.C.? Yeah, because I kind of felt like it was like all the doctors were black and all the like CEOs. Like Mm -hmm. it was just like a a different type of Mecca over there. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't the same. Black Wall Street. God damn it. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I was like, Atlanta's doing something different down here. Like, I love this. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it was just a fun playground. And even still, it was such a dark period. Mm -hmm. Like personally going through trying to detox out again, like, trying to figure out who I was. I truly did not know who I was. Hmm. Even though I was having all this fun and learning all this stuff, I was struggling. And I feel like that was the ego that was still there that I had to get rid of. It was like trying to get rid of the dream that I have, like mm-hmm. trying to make sense of all that. And I know a lot of athletes go through that in a period where they're like, oh shit, I spent 18, 19 years pursuing this one thing. Yeah. Now it's not happening anymore. What am I going to do? Where am I? And I felt like I was thankfully in a safer spot because I had a job. Mm-hmm. I had a, you know, a passion that was growing. Um, but it was, it was tough. It was, it was dark. Um, Can I interrupt you really quick? Yes, here's, of course. Here's something I wanted to say is this is one of the things that, one of the things I love about doing the show. I love, and, and, and this is, I can tell why you work. Yeah. And here's why. Like, I just got through staffing two shows this year, right? Mm-hmm. People like you come in, and they tell you real stories, and they tell you about how shit was fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but what I hear is, ooh, she's going to be very open. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You can tell when people are guarded. Yeah. And when you're guarded, you're not giving me information. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, I appreciate you being like, so open. I know it's just you and I sitting here chilling, but it's still, that's what I'm looking for is, and that's what all of us are looking for is somebody yeah. who's really open and comfortable with themselves yeah. to be open and comfortable in your fucking room. Yeah. <laughs> so great yeah, 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 for sure. Just one, just one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, like 
all of that, which in which felt like the worst thing I could possibly be going through, right. not understanding, you know, fast forward to now that it's like such a superpower. Facts. And I always love to share my story and like be as open and transparent as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have been able to do that if I'm not if I haven't healed as much as I had in the past like ten years. Right. You know what I mean? But that but that's why when you're a writer, the the I don't want to say the older you are, but the more mature you are, the more yeah. life experience you've had, right? The better writer you are. Yeah. You can't be like twenty one thinking you the shit. Right. You did not do nothing yet. Haven't really. lived. Yeah. <laughs> no. Haven't gone through anything. No. And people would tell me that too, and I'd be like, "Man, shut up!" Like I hate, like, like you, like what I went through is like the worst thing I ever could imagine. And then next thing you know, here goes like three scripts that I was able to produce out of. You yep. know what I mean? Um, but I will say, like the one day that that changed, I would say my life mm-hmm. involved Viola Davis. Okay, in Viola. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I love telling this story because shout out to <laughs> Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, but while I was down there in Atlanta, it got you know we were at the end of the the internship no full-time job was kind of coming out of it so i knew like i was going to be probably moving back home i was like oh my god this is crazy like what am i doing with my life but in atlanta they were shooting a lot of stuff like filming a lot of uh films and i just one day signed up to be background on some movie Mm -hmm. this was lila and eve viola davis was starring jennifer Mm -hmm. lopez um charles stone the third directed and they were bringing people out to this I don't even know where we were, like in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. This was not Atlanta anymore. Like I took a <laughs> taxi and I was like, listen, like you, I'm taking like, it's taking all my money to get in this taxi and go out to this. Y'all better pay me today. Hilarious. So I get out there just, you know, for the heck of it, just mm-hmm. to experience like what being a background artist is I about. Think it's a good, good skill to have. The, okay. So I was out there and, you know, this community of background artists was so amazing because you know they do it all the time they all all knew each other and this happened to be the day after um the tragic incident slates for sarah okay that happened Mm -hmm. and so it was there was just like a sense of community on set that day and Mm -hmm. they kind of like brought me in they were like yeah this is what it is and we're a community and we see each other and there goes bob and i know (laughs) jimmy and Mm -hmm. we you know we always doing this and it was pretty cool and you know for the first like five hours and i was like all right now i'm looking at my watch like y'all gonna let us go or like, y'all ain't even use us yet can like, we we just... get, like we done been out here i've been sitting and That's waiting right. and um we got lunch and it's been real nice but mm-hmm. i think i'm i need to go and we were there for like 12 out like all day mm-hmm. and i was like okay well i know i'm probably not gonna do this again <laughs> even though it's, it's fun but we get to a point in the night where you know we're we're rushing to get things done and it's this hospital scene mm-hmm. like if you watch the movie n- this is not a spoiler but in the first oh, like girl, please, 10 minutes <laughs> uh, yeah in the first 10 minutes uh, viola's son dies yeah and she's rushing to the hospital she gets in there and she's got to do this huge emotional scene mm-hmm. like her son is dying on the bed and i was a sick patient on a gurney in the back <laughs> That's funny. and they were running out of time so fast that they were like guys like background Y'all just need to sit there, shut the fuck up, and we're just going to do a verse shot on Viola. We got to get this. We got to get this yeah. now. So shut up, and we'll allow you to sit there and watch. And, I mean, I'm telling you, like, from here to the corner of that room, I'm watching Viola Davis wow. come in and give, like, Oscar-winning moment. Viola Davis yes. performance. Mm-hmm. You know, top-tier. Monologue and shit. Just, mm-hmm. son is dying on the <laughs> yeah. bed. She's, like, giving it. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my God. Like, 
I have I just have this almost out of body experience thinking sitting there. Mm-hmm. It's like one in the morning, thinking like I can't even I don't know how I'm gonna get home. Hmm. I have no money. <laughs> I have no food in my refrigerator. All I have is like rice and ketchup, mm-hmm. and I can't even explain to my friends and family like what this is all about because they just would not even get right. it. But I remember sitting there thinking like I am the happiest I have ever been in my entire life, hmm. and I have no fucking clue what I'm doing right now hmm. except for being a part of something that's bigger than myself. Right. And that was the moment that I said, "This is what you're meant to be doing. This is what you want to do. This is what's in your heart." Danielle, it is okay to let go mm. of a dream that you had. She's trying to get a brother teary-eyed in here. You know? Like, <laughs> because there's a dream that you now love even more. Right. And that whole year for me, that's why I feel like that was the most transformative year for me because for the longest time I was trying to figure out who I am and what's happening and mm-hmm. I don't know who I am without sports and I'm waiting for something to happen. It's like the whole time I was waiting to give myself permission mm-hmm. to let go. Right. And, and that keep day, it, don't you? Yes, <laughs> that day was the day that I was like, I'm going to be a writer. Hmm. I want to be a writer. I want to make, I want to tell the stories and I want to make the stuff that they're working on now. Like mm-hmm. I want to be that voice. And so that changed again. That like that from that, I'm serious. Like from that day, hmm. that was the, the starting point. Went home, did all the things that screenwriters supposed to do. Like read every book. I got my hand on every single book. Read even the stuff that I didn't even fully comprehend. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know what this man talking about, but I'm gonna just read this book because someone told me to read this yep. cat in the hat book, and you know, the <laughs> one that where the cat is like save the cat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna just read that. Um, read, read everything I get my hands. I read a bunch of scripts. Mm-hmm. Started watching movies and film like as a student. Like it was like there was a, a serious change. This um, is the ten thousand hours. This is what you got to do. Yes, yep. and then I thought, you well, don't just start running. Right, That's you gotta true. get your body. You right. got, you got, yeah. You gotta, you you gotta, gotta put get them thousand crunches. In. <laughs> you gotta get them abs okay, right. Look, you, you gotta, gotta get that foundation. You gotta grow them thighs you out. Go some. To, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go them hamstrings, them glutes. <laughs> exactly. Um, my mom kept saying, "Why don't you apply to grad school? Like, if you want to be a screenwriter, everyone kept saying, go out west, mm-hmm. go out to L.A., go, go yeah." <laughs> and she said, "What about grad school? Like, that's the way mm-hmm. you could get out there." And I was like, "Girl, you crazy." You know what I went through with school? Look, I am I done alone. with school. Uh, n- absolutely <laughs> not. And what's crazy, too, is like, I thought I had ended unscathed because with athletic scholarships, yeah, I didn't I come out with any loans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was very, very lucky. And mm-hmm. I knew what that danger was. So I was like, I'm not, no, you're not trying to set me up, lady. <laughs> I was like, absolutely not. Like, like can we put it in your name? <laughs> you going to take that loan out? Exactly. Come on now. And I was like, no, it's going to be simple. Like, I'm just going to read these books, write a script. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a bomb ass script. <laughs> I'm going to send it to somebody in LA. As you do. As, as one does. <laughs> and then just boom. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, boom, I right love there. It, I love it. I love and she was like, "All right, you do you." <laughs> Cut to six months later, I was like, "All right, maybe I should apply to some grad schools." <laughs> and you know, looked at all these grad schools out here in LA. Of course, uh, wanted to go where the best went. Simple as that. So USC was my top choice, right. and I was like, praying to the heavens, like we'll see what happens. <laughs> and then luckily got into USC, and that's how I got out here. And that was 2016. And then it's, it feels like. Every like couple of years, it's like a new mountain to climb. You, I got, you know, somehow got to the top of that mountain and then another mountain. And then it, Here's the it deal, resets. Danielle, it, 
It ain't gonna never stop. I know. You gonna be a showrunner going, damn. I gotta <laughs> still, I gotta deal with these damn ex. Exactly. Now I gotta, you know what I mean? I can't even get the damn cast I want. It's gonna <laughs> always be something. Yeah, for sure. The the journey is the reward. That's what my mom used to always yeah. say. And I used to be like, if you don't stop telling me that, woman, like, <laughs> please. I hate when you say that. But but honestly, this whole thing like has been like, stop trying to reach a destination. Right. You are living it. Like you are living well, the journey. It, it's and I'm glad you said that because, <clears throat> and I know you've been here since 2016 now, so here it is 2023. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just thinking about. What are we in day one hundred and forty six or seven or something? I think like? so. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, but the thing I always say is this, and this is just my experience, right? I've been writing for twenty three years. Yeah. Right. I was an actor from the time I was twelve to the time I was thirty two. I'm fifty three. Wow. Right, brother. It's pretty. You know we vampires. Yeah. You um, know. Black don't crack. Black don't crack. <laughs> Here's where I was going. Those of us who finally get to the next rung usually get there when you accept that the bullshit you went through is mm. actually the good stuff you should be talking about. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I learned. And so yeah. I'm always telling writers, like I just started um, mentoring a few months ago, this older white gay writer, queer writer. And he didn't understand that he, all his experience being a lawyer yeah, is a good thing. Or he didn't want to tell people. He was. I'm like, no, bitch, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> right. That's the juice, right? Yes, there. yes. And so, so that's where I'm going. And now, that's why I was saying to you earlier. I love how you embrace that. Like even when you went to Virginia and went to college, mm-hmm. like that time you spent there was like the worst time. But now you understand why. Yeah. You know how it was needed to to force you to push you yep. to you know what I mean do all these things. And that's what I'm trying to get to with yes. the writers tie into that thing that happened to you back then that's forcing you like um i was working with ben watkins uh for the last year and i was number two with him right mm-hmm. and what we did was so he would interview people and say who's your nemesis mm. and what he meant is who is that person that's keeping you going mm. that you're proving a point to yeah. your teacher your boyfriend your mother your yeah. father you know what i mean yep. the person who said you never will the the mean girl whatever it is yep. that's you need to keep the nemesis in your life always yeah because that is going to keep driving you. So I know I jumped on home. No, that's like you preaching. Mm-hmm. You are you were preaching. And for sure. By the he, way, my list is 30 long. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Well, that's fuel to your fire. Hey. That's like the more the <laughs> they better. Were, they were messing with me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I got my list. It's exactly. in my desk right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Cut all them bitches now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I feel that on such a, a such a deep level. And even still, like when I got out here and, and was in grad school, I was that person. I was like, right. I'm not talking about what happened. Mm. Like, that's a closed door. And I will not be that person that's writing about sports or whatever. Like, <laughs> don't even ask me to. Exactly. Here comes our first assignment. You got to right. write a, a feature script in like five weeks or something. Yep. And I mean, which was like insane. But mm-hmm. they were like, we just want to get y'all to write something from beginning to end. If you don't have an an original idea or something, then you need to draw from personal experience. And I was like, oh, shit. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) let me tell you about the time, Mm da-da-da-da-da. And then, you know, wrote it down. Mm -hmm. Um, Thinking like, this is just something I need to get out of my system. I'll write it down this one time, Mm -hmm. but this script is going in the trash. (laughs) And then, you know, all these drafts later, it's like become a huge calling card script or, you know, trying to get this one produced and it's been read by a lot of cool people mm-hmm. and 
you know, it, it's usually two different things. It's either the one that everybody told you not to write. Yeah. Like, why are you writing that? Right. Or the one you were like, I'm just going to do this because whatever. Exactly. You know, trying to get it out of you, whatever. Exactly. The you know, like, yeah. oh, can I get to the end of this fast mm-hmm. enough? Um, but yeah, yeah. So, and I'll forget w- where I was in, in the in the journey. Oh, grad school. Mm-hmm. So, did that program, the, the grad program, two-year program, freaking loved it. You still friends with some of the folks over there? Yes. Okay. We were a very close yeah. cohort. Like the third, I mean, we're, we're small anyway, because there's only 30 of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember <laughs> professors being like, uh-uh, y'all too close. Y'all <laughs> like each other too much. And we're like, well, we y'all wearing like each, each other's other. clothes and stuff. We just like, we just friends. So yeah, I, I stay pretty close with that. Our graduating class, 2018, mm-hmm. love. And then became the new challenge. Okay, you graduated. <laughs> Bye. What good you luck. Essie yep. <laughs> Mafia here for you, but yep. uh, good luck. Um, and so I was like, oh my God. Like, I remember I built up um, like a safety net, like financially. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, Where am I 10%? It's you coming. keep it's having coming. all these ends, and no, I ain't seeing it's nothing. It's coming. Come see, me, uh, <laughs> come see me five years I'm from now. I'm going to send my boys over you. there to come get my <laughs> The check end. is actually in the mail. It just hasn't got. <laughs> It got returned a couple times. Um, but like that was the new that was the new uh, scary thing was like okay sink or swim time. Right. What's going to happen? As a lot of people enter this is like oh my gosh how am I going to get a job? Going to get a support staff position? Like wh- what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like there's no way. I like you got to like have an agreement with yourself or at least I did mm-hmm. about what's going to be your bottom line. How, like, how far are you willing to go before the towel is thrown in? And for me, it's like there is no towel being thrown right. in. Because there was, like, I what was my other choice? Like, I had nothing to fall back on, mm-hmm. really. Um, that wasn't, like, an option for me. So when I say that Mamba mentality kicked all the way mm-hmm. in, it was like hustle on level 1,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just find a way, find a way. Oh, oh, let me just ask you. I'm sorry to interrupt you. So you wrote, did you just write features when you were in school? Or no. Or were you doing both? D- doing both. Okay, I missed so, that part. My mo- oh, no, all good. Like, mostly <clears throat> TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came out with more TV scripts than I did feature scripts. But okay. the, the program, you have to write a feature script. Like, everyone has to come out with at least one feature script. Did they teach you guys a sequence approach? Yes. That's, it, that's how I write. So we, yeah. we did, what I really liked was that they broke down, we had like a whole analysis class where they mm-hmm. broke down sequences and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like, why can't you not do that for the uh, TV stuff? Because it's the same. You just need, need to no, but trim those numbers down. It's different though. It's no, different. Same shit. Like, I'm working same on something now. I'm like, it's different though. Same it's shit. different. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. <laughs> like, here's, here's an example. Here's an example. So, you, so it used to be that the sequences you had eight eight sequences yeah. are fifteen minutes long, right? Yeah. Well, we don't write one hundred twenty page scripts no more, right? Right. So they're like, let's say one ten, one hundred five, right? Yeah. Whatever. So now I break it down to like there's still eight of them, but they're just or some maybe I jump to nine or I'll, I'll even give a movie a teaser and mm, then start. Mm, 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 so I do things like that so yeah. make sure I still have those. And so now everything is every ten minutes, right? Right. Some right, shit's right. gotta jump off or whatever the fuck, right? Yeah. So now when I do TV, you got your teaser, you got your act yeah. one, and, and I do it in six acts and maybe a little something at the end. Yeah. So that way I still mm. I just took out one of the one of them. Yeah. I combined something. Yeah. So things just happen a lot more faster. Yeah. And what I found is it makes the pace go faster. Right. Right. So right. That's just my way. But go I'm ahead. Just like writing that down now, because <laughs> like, but that's what I mean. That's what's so exciting is like always learning something mm-hmm. that never stops 
like i'm always trying to like better myself and get to that point where it, it is second nature it feels like when you talk about it second nature like you learn this a while Stru- ago structure is like everything so like yes. i can see it as soon as somebody gives me i'm like oh you know what's wrong oh you need yeah. to right there and right i there. still i feel like i'm still yeah. in the process okay. of learning how to create make that second nature to me because i'll get into something and be like okay let's do the outline i'll break down the outline or whatever Mm -hmm. but then but then i'll get to a point where i'm I'm like oh man like something feels off or like there's always Mm -hmm. like uh, it feels like you know kind of walking through mud as opposed to we just swimming like this is my 30th (laughs) outline that Mm -hmm. i've been done like not yet not yet i think i'm always thinking about rise and fall so i always try to start a movie or tv show on curiosity Mm -hmm. which you know is one of the main elements of writing the sequence approach yeah so if i can start on curiosity i can keep you going right right and then i can keep keep punching in little remember i told you about that one little thing yep here it comes a little piece of that yeah i keep that thread going until bam now you know oh that's what happened yeah you know what i mean so you see that engine going like whatever and it's like little things like this so i'm always like ah so if i can get to the end of act one on Danielle's beat where she does this. Mm-hmm. I start act two back on her beat because she's the A story. Right. So I always try to keep within it. So I always end back back with you, even right. if I go yep. off to C or D. Yeah. You know what I mean? I come back to you again at the end. Yeah. And not until act three or four do I break somebody else's moment. Right. You know what I mean? Right, so right, it's just right. like little things that you start to figure out and you go, oh, that's how you see that it's just her story. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? Whatever. Yeah. Like, and see, like, that's what I want. That's what I can't wait, at least, for when I'm just like, can school someone like, it's like this, or this is what, this is like a rule of thumb type right. of thing. Um, and honestly, like, people, I wonder if people like listening who have no clue. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, sure. what are they talking about? They talking about some math, like A, B, and C, and <laughs> carry the one. It's like, but it really is like that. It's like go, all this work we Google do, it, bitch, Google it. Google it, yeah, start there. But that's what I'm saying. It's like all this work that we do that we don't necessarily get paid or acknowledged for. It's like it is work. It is work. Like here's here's the deal, though. I my mentor is one of the biggest directors in town. When I first started writing, I wrote the script and it went to the final sentence. And I was on that list. First draft. Wow. Right. Yeah. Now. I say that, and let me just preface, you know better than I do, that doesn't mean I wrote the end or fade out and that was it. Mm-hmm. Bitch, I did a couple drafts. Mm-hmm. They just, that was the final one. Right. Now. So I always got to clarify that because you'd be like, oh, you're that good? No, bitch, I didn't say that. <laughs> right now. So he had a thing with me because I was an actor at the time. I was actually just finished recurring on one of his shows. Mm-hmm. And he was like, uh, and I was like, dude, I'm done. I'm not acting anymore he's like what (laughs) you know we might come back next season i might want to bring you back (laughs) it was like that whole thing i was like i'm done (laughs) now so he told me this he's like here's what i want you to do if you were gonna focus on just being a writer now because remember i had to completely reinvent myself as a writer yeah right and he said i want you to read a script a day i know that's gonna sound crazy but something you may not know about me i only got my ged i didn't graduate Mm. so until two months ago I used to say, and I almost get emotional thinking about this. I used to say that I didn't graduate from high school until two months ago. Wow. I thought if you didn't walk, you didn't graduate. 
Wow. I didn't realize having my GD was damn yeah. I just yeah. didn't walk I did not understand that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You thought the process of like yes. walking across, getting that thing, getting yes. that piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I put myself way down here. Wow. Compared to, and I didn't go to college or anything. I've been in some programs and shit like that, but yeah. nothing like that. So I've always put myself like way. So I have to be so much better than people mm. like you who went to college. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me to read one. I'm reading two. Mm. So I had figured out in a year or two, I read something like 1,200, 1,400 scripts and every single genre. I'm, and I start with what are the top 100 scripts? Yeah. Boom. I've read them all. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I always do more. A new book comes out. I'm just going to read it. Like you said earlier, I, yep. don't, I might not take nothing in, but I read the bitch. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you read that, John. Exactly. Yeah. I just wanted to know so that if I had a conversation, I could be like, yeah, I read that. I'm familiar with that. You yep. know what I mean? Um, I don't know where I was going with that. That's why it's called the rant room. Shut up, girl. I mean, no, <laughs> other than to be like, damn, give you your flowers. Cause I mean, that's the type of, that's the type of work that I'm talking about. Like that's the type of mama mentality I'm talking about. Cause that's something that I really want to aspire carry. to do mm-hmm. is like be um, now. I'm also an extremely slow writer. I mean, slow reader. Mm-hmm. Like you would think, <laughs> you would think <laughs> All like, I'm a school girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Oh, you went to private school, but, that public school education got you like i <laughs> am so slow at reading it is Hilarious. it is i need to see someone about it but that's what i want that like that is magic to me right. like meeting people like you who are just like this is this is what i do that makes me want to do it that makes me want to be better right. like i just want to and that's how i know i love this shit because there were some days with, with track and basketball, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I ain't trying Ooh, my to ankle today. Yeah, like, coach, can we just, like, do a rehab day? Exactly. Like, even on my, you know, the best days, I was like, oh, you know, like, it wasn't, it wasn't always all there. Mm-hmm. And for writing, it's just different. Like, there is not a day, like, I could truly say, because people sometimes don't believe me when I say this, there is really not a day that I don't wake up loving this shit Mm. loving this shit Mm -hmm. like thanking god like everything i went through got me to this moment because i just love it i was working on something this morning and like if i could find ways to just better myself and you know read scripts a day or you know get back to reading books and just be better like that makes me so excited so excited i think what happened for me and this is this is something that i tell People in no matter what field they're in. <clears throat> For example, my nephew, um, when he was coming up in high school and junior high and all that, mm-hmm. was like, you know, getting bad grades and all this and this. But he was a, like the number two um, freestyle rapper in the Bay. Okay. Brother had bars. Dang. Right? And, and I said to my sister, I said, you know what the problem is? She said, what? I says, he ain't reading. Because she's like, he won't read. He won't this and this. And I was like, get him that Tupac book. Get him mm. that whatever it was book that, that it came out at the time. Yeah. She got him the book, bitch, read the fucker in like three days. <laughs> and I said, see? Yeah. The interest is what makes people read. Yeah. So, for example, I'm a, just a natural curiosity person. Like I said, it just runs through me. Mm-hmm. So, I'm always like, so for example... When I talk about the show, I say my show at the core of it, the theme of our show is how. Mm, so mm, mm, I, what I didn't say to you off camera, which I usually say is, because I knew we were, we were already having the show before we started the show. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to be fine. But some people, I'm, I have to say this. 
you know, some people you you listen to a podcast or you go to the panel and people mm-hmm. are like, oh, you know, I moved to LA, got an agent, got on the show, this and this. I'm the one on the end going, motherfucker, how? How? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that's what people want to hear. Yeah. So that is my thing that I'm all about. Which see, we're just taking our time going through your journey. Yeah. Most people are like, we got 30 minutes on the show. I'm like, you ain't getting no journey though. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so we could be here two hours. It don't bother me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to hear the story and learn the hows and the whys and how hard it was. Yeah. So that those are the things that people grow. So go ahead. Yeah. I just want to say that. No word. Um, also, shout out to your uh, your nephew. Yes. Okay, we're going to link up on this mixtape. Now he's going to school to learn how to um, fix uh, 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 planes and shit. Oh, my gosh. And he's getting A's straight through because he was always fascinated by planes yeah. and engines and shit. Boom. Wow. Yeah. Fixing engines and spitting bars. Yeah. What? Crazy. Crazy. Wow. Talent. Um, yes. So College. So you got out. That was grad school. Mm-hmm. Got out. Was looking for a job mm-hmm. like everybody. Um. And did we have to take the assistant route? Maybe I wonder. Hmm. Yeah. Let me take. Yeah. Black girl. But yeah, li- she probably. But, did. but listen, <laughs> that's not for lack of trying because everybody is like, <laughs> yes. oh, hell no. Nah. Like, give me. <laughs> I'm ready to be staff now. Like, exactly. give me up in there. Give me staff. Um, of course, that. that, that you that's all think you're ready. <laughs> that's true. That, actually, that's true. Like, we all think we're ready. Mm-hmm. And then you get your first dose of being in any room in any capacity. And you're like, hmm. Okay, I'm, Ooh, wow. I'm happy to kind of sit here and just <laughs> learn a little bit. But luckily, a um, a classmate of mine who was a, a writer's PA on Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. they had two PAs on that show, and uh, one of them was getting ready to go off and got another position. And so, about the Zoan and all them over there, Zoan yes. Kalak, yep, Big yep, yep, over there, <laughs> the Grey's fam. <laughs> Um, so I got brought in mm-hmm. and lucked up with that job and I was so grateful for it. I was like, oh my God, thank goodness. And also another full circle moment kind of because, you and know. You were writer's, assistant writer's PA. Writer's PA. Okay, got it. So like with Grays especially, that was kind of like the staple shows that I would like watch and be like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I remember having, uh, watching my first episode of Grey's Anatomy was that iconic like bomb episode. Okay. And that was like a visceral moment for me because I'm watching this episode. I'm sweating. I'm crying. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, who? Like, I remember thinking, who is this person that manipulated me like right. this? I like that. <laughs> and then finding out, you know, Shonda Rhimes, black mm-hmm. woman, like, that's dope. She had me in the mm-hmm. palm of her hand for an hour. How many seasons have been on? What, 20? Yes, I don't even I know. It's crazy. I don't know, but I was there season 14. Shout out season 14. Okay, right. <laughs> I feel like that was a decade ago now. Um, but I was just like, that is so, so dope. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be able to do that with my words. Like, that to me is power. And so being back on the show as a PA, I was like, this is this is great. This mm-hmm. is cool. Very intense. And I hear they have a different culture there. Like, the, the rooms are different than other rooms in, in the way they run. That's what I heard. Um, well, on Grey's, you know, the thing about that show, I, I guess, uh, in particular, is, like, they're on the lot where they right. shoot oh, the that's, show. That's, that's the other problem. Yeah, yeah. They're not a problem, but that's the other thing that's different. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought I lucked up tremendously with that because you as can go to set you can do shit exactly yeah. like we're running around doing coffee and right. other PA stuff but at the same time we're like overlapping set and we, mm-hmm. we you know we're not sitting there getting a chance to watch all the time but even just taking coffee to set right. is an opportunity to like 
visit the, the writer on set mm-hmm. and see what they're doing. Or if we're staying late one night, which we like always did, mm-hmm. it was like, come over to set. Like nothing else is going on. Get us, you know, get us some dinner and we'll be on set watching. Mm-hmm. We could go to, or we were always at the table reads. So that was that cool. Was like I, I knew early on, like this was an experience that most PAs aren't getting just because of the way no. things are set up. You now. write your script and you know, you don't, you, you don't even get to go to set. Exactly. So you don't see shit. Exactly. exactly. Like you're totally separated from mm-hmm. the process. And that was, that was instrumental for me like that was incredible but i wasn't even there long (laughs) i was Mm -hmm. i was there for like five months because the entire time 20 weeks i did i did my Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. you know and i remember thinking like i got the advice coming in is like it's amazing to have this job Mm -hmm. put your heart and soul into this job but don't be complacent like don't be content to stay in this position right mm-hmm. like you always want to kind of move up and at the time it was like there were so many writers in that room i would obviously have loved to stay and move up that ladder sure. but that just wasn't you know really the chances of that happening weren't high right. so i kept hustling as if i didn't have a job and obviously this this job came was first and foremost that was my priority but that just meant like I was still taking meetings when I could, and that meant going to early, early breakfasts, mm-hmm. breakfast or drinks or dinner or whatever that was mm-hmm. after work. It meant weekends. I was sacrificing free time to like keep writing and keep reading, um, and just like hustle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And after five months, five or six months, I remember that script. Mm-hmm about track that I had to write in grad school that I was like, no, I don't want to write this bullshit. <laughs> a former professor who knew I was a former athlete had her hands on that script. <clears throat> she had a friend, Reggie Bythewood, who mm-hmm. was working on the show. Shout out to Reg. Reggie mm-hmm. uh, Swagger. And all she knew about the show was like, it had something to do with basketball. And I know you play basketball. Mm-hmm. So give me that one script you got about <laughs> sports and I'm going to send it his way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, here you go. And a couple months later, did y'all hear that? A couple months later, couple one, months one, later, one I, like, week later, I'm sitting at this point like nothing's coming from this. <laughs> exactly. Great, whatever. But which is co- the best thing to do? Forget about it. Exactly. Yo, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. And then a couple months later, I remember this is like Christmas time. Mm-hmm. I was oddly enough at the spa. Mm-hmm. Long story short, now I wasn't there because I like was like, ooh, let me just go to the spa. I was there because the writers of Grey's Anatomy for a Christmas gift, got the support staff um, a spa day. Good. And we needed that spa yes. day. Let me tell you, I was like, y'all, yeah, y'all know. Her skin just glistening. Y'all like, know. Looking like similar. Y'all had us That's running all. around crazy <laughs> getting these coffees. Exactly. So yeah, we need the spa day. And I was there like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Like all I want to do is just like nothing. Mm-hmm. And then I get this call and it's from Reggie's assistant. Mm. And she's like, hey, Reggie Bythewood read your script. Like, he wants to know if you can come out to the crib now. Now? And I was like. <laughs> like, I got a mask on my face. <laughs> I was like, oh, I mean, now? Like, you know, I was like, dang, God, you can't just have me let me get one day. <laughs> but I was like, okay, all right, fine, you know. So and I'm like super nervous, like a dish of spa day. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is obviously important. I don't know what I have on. Like I have on spa cl- like like just <laughs> casual. This is not what I would wear shit. to a, any yeah. type of meeting, let alone general meeting. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm out there driving all the way out there to Sherman Oaks or wherever mm-hmm. they, they live and I'm like nervous because I'm like oh my and god and Gina for God's sake okay <laughs> so I'm on the way though right. Gina hasn't even hit my brain oh that's hilarious I'm just nervous stressing like okay this is how I pitch myself and this is you know from grad school like what if he asked about what the stuff I'm working on like I'm just getting my thoughts right. in order and you know me being a basketball player loving basketball was everything mm-hmm everything so obviously gina is yes. everything shout out to gina and i'm driving like oh okay, okay i'm trying to get out there and then it hits me like <laughs> on the freeway and i'm like wait a minute wait 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 a minute Hilarious. if i'm like a, a math equation i'm like if i am going to reggie bythewood's house and reggie bythewood is married to the gina Hilarious. prince bythewood then i'm going to gina prince bythewood's wow. house. like the whole like having a full like if my anxiety was here it was through the roof mm-hmm. having a full-blown anxiety attack like i'm about to go to gina's house <laughs> this is gina's house so i'm stressed i am i'm getting sweaty just thinking about it and i pull up to the house like don't even know how to act i'm like it's a it's a call button like i'm i'm not used to these rich houses out here and i'm just shaking and i get up there and shit and I'm so nervous. I'm so, and I don't get really starstruck about right. anyone except for like Gina. And I'm so nervous at that point. I'm just like praying. To, I'm like, please just don't let her be home at this right. point. Like, don't even let her be home because I, I don't know what's going to happen. And I get up in there and Reggie and I sit down and I'm <laughs> looking around for him. Like, is Gina back there? And I'm so nervous that this is one of those times I just got to tell, you know, when you're so nervous, yeah. you go into me, you just got to like let them know. Like, Sometimes I'm just it's okay. nervous. And so I'm, I'm telling him like, listen, I'm just, I'm honored and just like out of my mind that you invited me here because you and Gina mean so, so much. Like yeah. you have no clue. Like you guys are idols. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Oh yeah, well Gina's upstairs taking a nap. Like maybe, maybe uh, she'll come back down, or maybe we'll get her. I'm like, no, 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 no. We can, we can just have this meeting one on one. I don't even think I told Gina this this story. Like I don't even think she knew how cra- like stressed I was. So we're talking, and he he tells me about Swagger, mm-hmm. which ended up being the show that I became a writer on, and that was the first one I got in. But at the time, it was like, oh, this is this is meant to be. Mm. Because he didn't know, you know, I was telling him about myself and Swagger's, for those who don't know, like based off of Kevin Durant's um, childhood, teenage years playing AAU basketball. Kevin Durant is from the DMV. So he's like a hometown hero to me. And I'm like. So you know the streets. I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling a story about Kevin Durant, Mm -hmm. raised by a single mom, oldest sibling, playing AAU. Mm -hmm. I was like. I'm from, ding, ding, ding. I'm from the DMV, raised by a single mom, got an over, older sibling, play AU coming up. I know, I know this world through right. and through. Exactly. And he was saying, like, you know, unfortunately, the room had already been staffed. Like, mm. we were meeting kind of late, but he had read the script and just wanted to meet me to see if I could potentially come in as a PA. And in my the back of my head, I was like, oh. Like, right. also not totally knowing being very new to the industry but there was like alarm bells going off like i'm not sure that's how that's gonna look mm-hmm. leaving a pa job for another pa even though i would in a heartbeat mm-hmm. i was like listen i would but i didn't know the logistics of all that and if that was something that was frowned upon or mm-hmm. whatever and i was just kind of like i don't know if i said this to him but i was like <clears throat> I can't, you know i gotta get up in it like i can't be no pa mm-hmm. like anything else anything else but we had such a good meeting and a good discussion and we just really, really hit it off. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, we kind of left it off of like, all right, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to see what I can do. Fully thinking like nothing's going to come of it. 
the very end of that meeting ended with Gina walking down the stairs. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, 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 this is Gina. Like, so then I got to meet Gina for the first time mm-hmm. and it was just like magical. I don't know what, I blacked out. I don't know what came out of my mouth. <laughs> but since then, I feel like the both of them have become such big mentors for me, especially Reggie um, and just advocates. Right. And like, I can't, I can't say enough good things about how amazing they are in trying to like bring up up and coming young black writers Mm -hmm. like i would not have gotten my start without him right because when i tell you this man fought tooth and nail to get me in that show Hmm. and when people ask me like how'd you get your start like how'd you get your your first gig on the right it's like i always say i got my start because another person of color gave me that opportunity Mm -hmm. and i mean like really fought to give me this man was having a meeting Mm -hmm. with executives on christmas eve (laughs) and called me on christmas eve and was like i'm having a meeting right now i got them on hold send me another sample so i can send it to on christmas eve and i was like oh shit this man is serious like he's for real and luckily i did have another script that i could send him so you gotta be ready you gotta be ready um sent him that over and somehow some way he was able to negotiate a spot for me in the room, not as a not as a PA, not as a uh, staff writer, but as a WJ writers trainee. Oh, yeah, that's rare. Yeah, hmm. I only know one other person yeah. who who worked as a WJ writers trainee, and even then, I didn't have like a fully well concept I think of like Prentice what. did it like before he first broke in, like way back in the day. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it's I, nothing that I hear about ever. Yeah, I, I've got my like pros and cons mm-hmm. to to being a, a can you talk about what a it trainee is? for sure. So I feel like in theory it's a good thing. It's, mm-hmm. It was it's like a way to get writers or up and coming writers who are ready, just about ready to be staffed, a way to get people in a room. Right. Um, and I kind of viewed it as like a junior level staff writer position. So you're in there, but you know, you're not getting, you're not uh, exactly a, a staff writer and you're not mm-hmm. getting paid as a staff writer okay. and you're not getting credit as a staff writer. Oh, so you're not getting points in the writer's guild? Exactly. Or you? Oh. No, you're not. Okay. So, but you're in there, but you're still in the room. Yeah. Which you're is, at the table. Yeah. You at the table, right. you're still in the room, which is, you know, obviously better than anything I was doing before. And you're kind of at the discretion of how the showrunner wants to use you. So, mm-hmm. Um, luckily for me, Reggie was like, you're going to be doing exactly what the other writers are doing. Mm-hmm. You know, he really treated me as if I were a staff writer. That's important. And so the pros and cons of that was I got the experience and I was in the room and Reggie was gracious and, and let me like I was writing on episodes mm-hmm. and I got credit in that sense. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I wasn't getting that paycheck. And that paycheck was like less than I was making almost as a PA. Yeah. It was crazy. crazy. And so all in all, like, would I change anything? Absolutely not. It was a it was a great experience to get me in. But I do think, like, the studio who claimed, oh, we don't have no more money. We can't. Oh, you know what? We just actually looked at our bank account and we. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. <laughs> fun, funny thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> funny thing. Money. We just don't. We can't seem mm-hmm. to scrape up any money for a staff writer. That, I feel like, is the, the con of it. Is like, is like. In in theory, 
it's a good idea in practice if studios and networks are going to mm. you know take advantage they're getting an extra writer in the room to do everything a staff writer is doing or everything other writers are doing and they're getting but it's paid. not supposed to be Right. So that's how they justify it. They're like, right. well, you're just there when they need you to blah, 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 exactly. blah. So, you know, here's this amount of money a week just to hold you so you can, you know, they justify it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, that's not the case because, of course, I'm going to do whatever I need to do. Yeah. And also, like, I'm in there. I'm trying to be the first one in the office. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be the last one to leave. Right. And a lot of nights it was like that. And so regardless of how amazing the the experience was it was it, it can't it was like you know some days i would have to check myself and be like count your blessings right. don't let ego get the best of you yeah you're doing the same work you're not getting the paycheck for it and then other things you know ha- you know happened in my favor too like that just happened to be the year that the whole ata thing went down oh, okay. and i wasn't a staff writer which meant i wasn't in the guild which mm-hmm. meant i didn't have to fire my agents that yeah. year so there were like you know certain things that i was like okay at least this worked out this but, is 2020 yeah okay yeah okay. like oh well, this is 2019 20, yeah, sorry, 2019, 2019 yeah. yeah so it was like you know bittersweet but mostly sweet mm-hmm. is what i would say about that um and then just the room though the room was like i i feel like i will i may not ever be in a room like that until I become a showrunner myself mm. or work with someone like Reggie again. Right. Like uh, Reggie going to be doing 10 more shows. <laughs> you might be on one of them shows. Girl. Okay, now. Call me up. I'm available. <laughs> you know, they got, a, they got a thing called a slate. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. And I'm ready. I'm ready to hop on it when the, when the time is right. Exactly. But That's why you got to keep letting know. Yo, whenever you back, holla at your hello, girl. It's hello. okay to do that. Yeah. For, I mean, mm-hmm. shoot, I'm I, that's the other thing like networking and stuff proper networking and keeping tabs with people Mm -hmm. um checking in with people in a genuine way though um but yes but that room was incredible we had so many people of color in that room every woman was a woman of color Mm -hmm. and i was just like and i was very well aware that this was not normal because especially coming out of grad school all we ever heard was your rooms are going to look like this you're probably going to be the only person of color, the only black woman, blah, 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 whatever that was. So that's what I was mm-hmm. expecting. And Unless to, you have a black, Latin, Asian, whatever, it's going to be that way. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I was preparing for. So getting in a room like that, where it was the dead opposite, I was like, whoa, I knew from the jump. I was like, you got to you got to soak this in. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't waste any moment. You got legends in here. You got to. Mm-hmm. You got to take them out to lunch. You got to meet with them. You got to talk to them. You got to soak, just be a sponge and soak up everything, which is what I did and had the best time in that room. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, just we're talking about basketball. Like there's nothing more natural to Mm -hmm. me than that. Like it just, the room was so easy. It felt so seamless and fun. Um, So that couldn't have been a better first room experience. Um, Go ahead and finish your other part. No, no, no. And I was just going to say, and that that kind of set me off into like the next opportunity. So what was that? So I ended up doing the HBO Writers Fellowship. Okay. Good. Got it the summer of, of, I think that was 2019. And that ended up being the- What did you write to get in that? So I had a, actually the two two samples that I sent in for Reggie, because those were just my best samples at the time. But this is what I was telling everybody. Sometimes you'll, you'll have a sample or two- that has legs for years. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? 
And those proved it was so as my thesis project coming out of USC, my okay. TV uh, pilot, and then uh, that uh, feature script sure. that was like, okay, this is the most solid thing mm-hmm. I have right now. Um, that's what kind of got me into the program. This is with uh, Kelly Edwards mm-hmm. and it's my big sis. I love yes, mm-hmm. and so she and I heard her. Show. I heard her podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. I was listening to her podcast, mm-hmm. her episode actually, and you know. It was amazing. I loved, like, I knew I wanted to do that fellowship for so long because they did it, like, they alternated the years, like, for writing every two years, and then they did the directing every other year. Mm -hmm. And I applied one year while I was still in grad school, didn't get in. I was like, oh, that's okay. Um, And then when it came back around, I was like, I knew I wanted to get that fellowship Mm because obviously we were applying to as many fellowships as possible, but I remember someone giving the advice of, like, you also want to make sure that fellowship is going to be the right match for you. Sure. Like the way they kind of set up their fellowship may not always be what you're looking for. Right. And I always had this idea that the HBO one was just because I felt like my writing was kind of dark and gritty in the sense of like a right. you HBO might not be right tone. from Nickelodeon. Or exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I liked what I liked about the program was that it was non-exclusive. Okay. So we met we had like a one initial week in the beginning where it was like a boot camp week. Right where we all came in every single day. We had executives come speak. We had special guests come speak. But it was really just a chance to, like, get um, just get to know each other and get yeah. kind of things off the off the jumping board a little bit. And then after that first week, though, we didn't see each other but once every month for the next eight months where we would come back in and workshop our outlines or workshop our scripts yeah. or have another guest come in and speak. And I love that because – and they made it very clear. They were like, don't – don't give up your day job. Like, <laughs> like they made that very clear, but it also gave us the opportunity to keep hustling in right. that way. Like if you're looking for a job, like this is an opportunity to continue looking for your job. Cause mm-hmm. the, cause the point is to get you staff. The point is to get you working. For sure. And I just really like that freedom and then having access to these resources that were helping us write and create a new sample, basically a new, a new uh, pilot, hour long pilot. So, right. I just love that program. Still very close and tight with all the members of, of that fellowship that year and came out with a dope sample mm. that I'm so proud of that I'm still working on. But it's <laughs> me. It's just like me in its essence is, you know. OK, I got to interrupt you. This is what I was going to ask you earlier, but I was we were we were moving. Yeah. When you describe yourself as a writer, how do you describe yourself? I say that I am a drama writer who loves to write about rebels, people who Mm. march to the beat of their own drum, who are unconventional. Um, And if it's a woman of color or people of color at the forefront of the stories, that is what I'm all about. Okay, good. So you got a handle on it. That's good. That's good. USC. Shout out to you. (laughs) SC Mafia. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, like, not to say that hasn't, like, been workshopped and changed. You know what I mean? Sure. But, yeah, and you might continue to change it. Exactly, but, exactly. But it makes sense right now that that's where you are. For sure. <clears throat> exactly. You're like, I, I always tell people about my underdog story and growing up the way I grew up and whatever. And today I write underdog stories in the murder, yeah. death, kill world. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what I found is that I have over 40-something scripts. But what I found is the reason I'm able to write like a horror script and something from the 1800s and something from the 60s is because the theme doesn't change. Yeah, 
the it the world yeah. changes, but the theme doesn't change. So you still see that I'm writing an underdog story. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So that's exactly. what you figure out how to do. And honestly, like I will say shout out to SC because I feel like that's one of the most valuable things they taught us. Okay. We did a whole business that's course that was like, what is your, what do they call it? Like your POV as a writer, as, mm-hmm. as they called it. Mm-hmm. And they broke it down just like that. Just like that. Like, like I coming out of school had the historical drama set in early 1600s the track script based on you know me running track and then in the hbo fellowship was working on a contemporary family drama based in dc about go-go music you know Mm. what i mean so i would i had to really (laughs) so i had to really like figure out what it was that thing that connected Mm -hmm. all the work and i realized like those characters are really at the heart or the forefront it's like rebellious characters for me i always tell writers it takes it takes you usually three to five scripts to figure out yeah oh this is where i am it doesn't mean you can't still do a comedy or a drama or whatever the fuck it just means you figure out, oh, but I like to talk about this. Exactly. You know, I exactly. had um, had some writers on a couple like months ago. I did one of these two black queer writers, and one of them was talking about how they um, they they tend to write stories about like father son stories. Mm-hmm. But then as we started going along, he said, "Well, that has changed a little bit." Mm. He said, "My relationship, my father, you know, this and this." And I said, "Oh, I know why." And he was like, "Why?" And I says, "Because you matured." Mm. So the stories are still father son, yeah. but they're not from the angst of the, what you were still looking for. Now they have a relationship they didn't have right. it before. You right. were still dying for that. Yeah. He was your nemesis, right? <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it was fascinating. It was fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so true. Like, and also like once you have that too, I feel like it frees you up in a way because mm-hmm. then you're not like, oh damn, like I got all these scripts all over the place. Like I got the genre thing over here. I got this go go script over here. Mm-hmm. Like you almost start to get paranoid a little bit because you. You hear about like, you know, when you go into these general meetings, they're going to ask you, what do you like to write? And right. you can't sit there and say, I like this and this and this and this and I got this and this and this and this and this. And it's like you want to have that concise thing that you want to say. And, you know, um, so I feel like it frees you in a sense yeah. where you can kind of defend all of your work. in, in, a, in All a sense. of them. I mean, yeah. any any of those scripts that I just mentioned out of all those I st- you will see it. Yeah. As soon as I picture you, you'll be like, oh, there it is. Yeah. That one. You'll be like. Oh, there it is. Yep, <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? And Everything then people don't pigeonhole you because yeah. it's like, you can't. Yeah. I like to write about this. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, if, unless you're, you're not looking for a good story with some good characters, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because that's right. what I just described to you. So, um, yeah, it definitely frees people up, which I thought was nice. Shout out to USC for teaching us that. Um, but doing that HBO fellowship, loved. Came out of there with a dope sample and after that or actually slightly before the end of that fellowship i ended up getting or the end of that fellowship i ended up getting staffed officially staffed on my first show which was moon night um on how Disney did you Plus. Get that? that was just through a sample that i written a genre sample i'm assuming you still don't have an agent yet or a manager or did i do you actually one? okay so coming out of usc and I, for, I forgot to mention this like at the end we do this big pitch fest okay where you get to meet, and mm-hmm. I met my agent through that, and they introduced me to my managers. Okay. So I had my team, and I was like, yeah, y'all better be earning this 10%. Okay, mm-hmm. like, you need to be out there. <laughs> like, come on now. And just so happened, like, the I guess stars aligned in terms of timing. Mm-hmm. Well, I was technically unemployed, but doing the fellowship, um, 
two shows came about and one was like a Disney Channel show but mm-hmm. it was genre based okay. and another one was this moon you know moon night which was d- much darker much more me <laughs> and so I went in and, and uh, interviewed for both of them mm-hmm. ended up getting an offer for both of them oh, thank good. God that's a good look for your reps too yes, yes. for sure mm-hmm. and then obviously chose uh, moon night which was more of you know my tone tonally just mm-hmm. like a better fit um, and that was what's, what's that one about so that is based Sound like some werewolf shit. Like, I know <laughs> Moon Knight is uh, what what a lot of people calls like Marvel's version of Batman. Oh, okay. So he's a superhero um, who is a former um, mercenary mm-hmm. turned avatar for the Egyptian god Khonshu, hmm. um, who fights on behalf of the forgotten or the downtrodden, um, but also dealing with a lot of his own personal trauma a person who um lives with dissociative identity disorder as well so um we had an opportunity and they wanted to i think at the time marvel was trying to tap into like their dark universe (laughs) dare i say i mean who knows what they're doing now but they wanted to like tap into some of these darker characters that Mm -hmm. they had in their arsenal and um jeremy slater who was the showrunner or head writer, mm-hmm. who I, I acknowledge him as showrunner, <laughs> um, but he came up with this. Dope it's like it's like the MPTP we refuse to call him P. Uh, yeah, I ain't <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but coming to talk to him, he had this dope concept of what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. and it was so cool. Um, and so I was just very, I so I felt so lucky getting like first mm-hmm. staff job in a Marvel show. Like that was dope. And people, you like listen, we could talk about Marvel's system or whatever sure. that was very different from any other typical show um, but I was just a staff writer yeah. so it was just cool to be were a part of that you guys on Zoom or were you we were in person so okay. this is right before pandemic hit okay. um, but we were in person and just coming up with just like the dopest I mean it was just like fucking cool mm. I mean just that's all that's the only way I can describe it is just like the young me the young blurred me is like mm-hmm. this is fucking amazing <laughs> this is so cool um, but it was night and day from mm. my experience on Swagger. Right. And I think a little bit of a culture shock when I first got sure. in. Because also, in my was it, mind... Was it really top-heavy? Um, well, we only had six writers, okay. so it was a very small room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it was pretty even, like evenly dispersed. Like, we mm-hmm. had some... Uh, yeah, because there was only six of us. Um, did, you, did you get your bump on that show, or did you have to stay? I'm sorry. Did you get a bump on that show to to co? I no. mean to um to to story editor. No. Or did you have to? Okay. No. So I I was just got in. Yeah. So I just got in as a staff writer. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up getting the, a double bump on the next show. Okay. But for this one, staff writer, and I feel like what a lot of people also ex- maybe experience, but like don't know until they experience it is like being a staff writer for the first time. Right. There's a shift, whereas like. Swagger was easy. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there was less pressure because I'm like, I'm not a real staff writer. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm yeah. just in as like a writer and, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. And I'm just helping and it's easy because it's basketball and I know this. And then going from that to a genre show where it's like superhero mm-hmm. and and magic and, and supernatural stuff, that was already um, a, a slight challenge to, to get my mind in that set, like just c- coming up with pitches and True. stuff was a lot harder uh, obviously than in swagger mm-hmm. and then you're a staff writer so i feel like there's 
there was this imaginary pressure that I was putting on myself. Like, uh-oh, like now I have real responsibility. Exactly. And, you know, and at the end of the day, like, you know, I would ask other writers and upper level and they were like, no, like just chill. Like yeah. your job is kind of to learn, like you're doing fine. But there was this kind of pressure that I had of like, I feel like I'm not talking enough. I feel like I'm not pitching most, enough. Most staff writers deal with that. Oh my God. Yeah. And then it would it, like, I would get so hard on myself. Like mm-hmm. I would, I would almost tally like this is almost embarrassing to say, but like it's every day, syndrome. I would tally how mm-hmm. many times I spoke, oh, and wow. I would get mad if it, if it wasn't if it was only like two times or like, <laughs> you know, it would just be like so down about like what I was doing until someone came up to me like you are doing a bomb ass job, mm-hmm. like what? I don't know about that, and the, you know, like I had to calm down, like I had to like <laughs> take take it easy. Um, but regardless, I learned a ton and had the best time in that room. It was just different. It was just I like think, a learning curve. I think one of the keys that I'm always telling writers is the, like on the basketball show, as an example, you were, yeah. it was probably easier to figure out, well, I'm probably the only woman in this room, just as an example, right? who still can play, right? Let's right, just say right, it like yeah. that. So I know I'm going to get them on that. So that I'm going to have a superpower that way. I remember when I was on, I was on the show called Deadly Class. And I don't know if you're familiar with that comic book. <clears throat> and um, I was sitting in a room probably like just a couple weeks into the show. And we were sitting there. And these two producers start having talks about philosophy. You know, they just be going off and shit. We ain't even talking about whatever's mm-hmm. going on. And I'm just sitting there going, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> Politics <laughs> and philosophy. Look, yeah. Can't stand that shit. Yeah. And I start shrinking in the room. Yeah. Shrinking in the room. I'm like, holy shit. I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. And I start getting that anxiety, and I'm going, why am I here? I start doing all that shit. Yeah. All the years I've been writing, still sitting there. Yeah. And I look down at the table, and we literally have the master book is probably this big, like this donut Mm -hmm. box. And I pull it up to pretend like I'm doing something, and I start flipping through, and I stop on a photo of a character that they want to bring in in season two, Mm. who's a character called Maud Steven. Mm-hmm. Up there is a photo of me on my scooter yeah. on the cover of the LA Times in yep. my full like rude boy regalia. Yeah. <laughs> regalia, right? Yeah. This character is like that. Gotcha. Okay. And he's a gay character in real life too. Nice. In, in the comic book. Yeah. And I stop on this photo and I look around the room and I'm like, oh yeah, like nobody can speak to this. Mm. Right? Nobody yep. was there in San Francisco in the 80s in the punk rock scene. I was there. Yeah. Right? So I'm like, oh, they could talk about philosophy all day. Right. I got this. Yeah. And I let it go and never had it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So once you tally into the superpower part of yourself, yep. it may take you a couple of weeks to get there. You know, For and that's sure. okay. But you got to figure out, and it's also okay at some point, in my opinion, to ask your showrunner, you know, um, when you when you brought me in, you know, where do you see? What do you think my mm. my my strength would help you mm-hmm. so that I can help you more? Yeah. Then you will know. Oh, he thinks I'm really good at structure. Oh, he right, really thinks right, I'm really right. good at. You know, he knows that I grew up, you know, in DC and the character takes place there. Whatever the fuck. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now you want to go and study the map and really get the sense. You know what I mean? You, you just have to add yep. on to yep. to little moments. So yeah, it. no, that is now that you're saying it now because I I never thought of it that way. That's exactly what I feel like I mm-hmm. was missing. Right. It was like I couldn't I couldn't see for myself like. I felt like I was at a deficit. I was mm. the deficit. Like what? Like I was like, oh man. Like I just felt like I was shortcoming in something. Okay. Um, 
And then you get the guys and the girls who are freaking just Marvel geeks and they know every exactly. freaking Exactly. Bl- and yeah. like, you know, I thought I, I felt myself that I was like a bit of a Marvel geek, but mm. not the way oh, yeah. you get into a room with like true yeah. Marvel geeks. And it's like, oh, damn, I didn't even know about that mm. character. <laughs> let me go. They know the volume. Let they me know go, the yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But very grateful that the whole room was so genuine mm-hmm. and nice. And yeah. anytime I asked someone out for a coffee or lunch or whatever, like, let's go to commissary, whatever that was they were more than willing to do it. And so I felt very lucky to be kind of like under their wings a little bit as like giving me that grace as I feel like they know as a staff writer, you're going through those growing pains Mm -hmm. and trying to figure it out. Um, and just trying to be as helpful as you possibly can. Cause I, anytime I get in a room, I'm always like, I want to make sure I earn my keep. That's what I want to make. Just like I'm on any basketball team or any track, you know, I want to make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And if I don't know or have a clear mind or I f- start feeling like I'm not doing that, mm-hmm. that's when I start to stress out a little bit. I was, um, when we were staffing, I would, <clears throat> we finally like got the the core, you know, group of writers in the room. And I remember talking to the co-EPs and I'd be like, look, I need you guys. It's going to be, it's going to be a mini room. We're going to be moving fast, mm-hmm. but I need you to find time to take pressure off of Ben to reach out to the writers and check in. Yeah. You know what I mean? I need you to do that stuff that he would normally do because we're in production at the same time on a whole nother show. Right. <laughs> you oh, know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. And so those are the things because I know how important it is to be on a show and the co-EP pops into your office and is like, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, you know, oh, when you pitch that thing, you know what would be really good if you do both. You know, you yep. need that encouragement from those people that are coming up yeah. so that you do it when you start coming up. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I started doing stuff like when I get in a room, I will bring all the the staff writers together and be like, "Hey, did you guys get all your contracts? Yeah. If not, let's get them all together now. Yeah. Let's send them now. Like I'm doing nice. that. Yeah. And sure enough, they're paid before all the EPs and everybody because they already <laughs> sent it in. Yep. I'm yep, like, yep. send it, send it to writers guild. Don't wait for your agent to do it. Right. They're gonna wait weeks. Yeah. And you're not gonna be paid until two months later. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah. No, that's like. <laughs> That is so, that culture, I feel like we need to normalize, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, but you you said something that is so true. is like, when people do it for you, that's the example you have. So you go ahead and do it for other people. Right. And I feel like I've, I've been very, very lucky in that in every room that I've been in, I've just had good people right. you know even if you end up in one room and it's like always that one shady person <laughs> shady it's gonna be somebody it's always it's, it's always somebody. that one bad apple in the bunch <laughs> exactly. but i even that i haven't really experienced like i mm-hmm. have had just knock on wood because now i don't want the, <laughs> my next thing to be crazy but um All right, Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just been great like i feel like i've been in rooms with true mentors right. and that's really what i've needed because there's always going to be the questions of am i doing this what what should i do with it um and you're not always you don't know how to always approach people with that question but when they approach you and open that door right. you just feel more comfortable to to reach out I think that that's one of the things I think that needs to I'm not sure I think first day in every room the showrunner you know or the co-eps whoever somebody should establish the rules of the room Mm -hmm. so that you have an understanding that you know look I know it's uncomfortable I know we're in a crunch but you can come to me 
Right. You know what I mean? Even if you're on Zoom, look, email me. We'll jump on a call after the after the room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that stuff can still happen. And I'm sure it does yeah. in a lot of rooms. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to survive. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. But I think especially going into if we don't figure out this mini room thing and writers go in the sets, we are going to have to come together in some ways. And you know this from um, um, working in the world where, you know, doing post and all that. So many, I, I can't tell you how many situations, how many writers I know mm-hmm. who are way upper levels who've never been on the sets like that. Right. Crazy to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm always like, what are you waiting for? Well, what am I supposed to do? Uh, everybody I know is shooting a short film. Bitch, get you out there. Something. You know what I mean? And learn how to produce a fucking short film. Yeah. Something yeah. to get yourself involved. Yeah. So you can figure out what's what. It's like, I don't know. Everybody's <laughs> waiting for everybody to be paid to do something like Take your little tenth grand and go make something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, o- I mean? I'm only laughing because it's like such a dire situation that Crazy. I feel like we are in a frenzy. Like that's how I felt. Not not to skip over this this next oh, shot. Fine. So after after Moon Knight, I ended mm-hmm. up getting a story editor on a show called Panhandle. Okay, another uh, <clears throat> smallish room, but we were totally in the pandemic over Zoom, mm-hmm. um, and that was a a crime dramedy that no one saw because it came out on Spectrum Originals. Right. Now it's on Roku. Shout out Roku. <laughs> um, very fun show. But then after that, I had bumped up, like did a double bump to co-producer, Good. and this was when I started freaking out. Was that a out. big fight? No, no, it mm. wasn't. This was another situation where I, through networking, mm-hmm. I had a showrunner friend who was getting ready to do a show and at the same time pretty little liars original sin was staffing and so i was doing a had interviews for both of them Mm -hmm. and it was one of those things again where the timing just happened to be right and i guess agents kind of pit them together again it was Mm -hmm. like listen she (laughs) you 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 want her (laughs) give her a double bump and um and pll kind of came out with a better deal um so but that when i became co-producer i was like i'm a co-producer and i have not been to set Mm. and a huge factor of that was at least your post at least you have strong posts that's true so you have a lot of understanding of at least how to finish it that's true but i honestly wish i had more exposure to that part of the process as well Mm -hmm. because that's something i haven't ever you know, and yes, I do have the, yeah, that background. You know how to talk but, to an editor, you know, because bitch, he was one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, what is it like to go into the, like, what is the showrunner looking at? Yeah. Like, all these little kind of small questions I, I wish I could just sit down and get that proper training. Mm-hmm. I haven't yet. And that up until that point, I hadn't been on set. Yeah. And when I tell you, we talk about like the frenzy of people like, <laughs> like I was stressed like, <laughs> like stressed like feeling like you were worried they were expecting you to know well well more so on me because mm. i was like i don't even know if we're going to be able to go on set but uh-huh. i was like there's no way i was kind of like at a point where i was like putting my foot down i was like i can't you're not gonna bring me up in here and not i need this exposure mm-hmm. like i need it and i and i remember in the the meeting the initial meeting i had with the showrunner <laughs> and the and the co-creator i was like just put it out there I was like, I'm going to tell you right now, I am dying to go to set. And I'm not sure how it works in the timeline or if we're going to get that opportunity. But if there is 
anyway. Like I will fly myself there. I am willing to exactly. pay my way out, even right. if it's just a shadow. Mm-hmm. I need to be on set. And I think that, like, I must have, I must have came really intense because they're like, "All right, good job. <laughs> like, we, we got we heard you. you bitch. We noted, heard you. noted, noted. We wrote it down. Um, and then uh, finished Pretty Little Lies season one. That showrunner also does Riverdale. Okay, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, and the timing again at the end of the room for pretty little liar season one riverdale season six was starting back Mm. up and i remember just sending this kind of this email we had finished pll but we still had like one episode that we hadn't you know we had broken it but it wasn't written or whatever Mm. and i was like listen do y'all i don't you know there's i'm not i don't have anything booked next like i'm free if you need to extend the contract i'm here Mm -hmm. if you just even if you just need of a writer a brain extra brain i'm here like genuinely mm-hmm. next thing you know i get an email back from roberto asking like riverdale starting up i want to keep you on nice. like do you want to get on this show i'm like hell yeah <laughs> well first i was like now you know i'm a very gritty writer roberto mm-hmm. like this you know riverdale is not like <laughs> this, yeah it's like that's you know i felt like pretty liars was a stretch and now you want me to do riverdale i'm like <laughs> Now you know. And he was like, no, no, no. I want more grounded voices in the room. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Because right. that's what I'm going to bring. But I was like, of course. Like, I would love to. Ended up on uh, Riverdale season six. And that show, network show, they were, you know, producing. They were in production while we were in the room. That was my first time going to set. Okay. Thankfully. And so I got that Where'd experience. You guys shoot uh, Vancouver. Okay. It was amazing. It was great. Okay, they got to fly you out, y'all. Just so y'all know. You know, like, <laughs> you up. learn that I like, love being come on get set. <laughs> it was a good time. Like, mm-hmm. it was amazing. Like, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't describe, like, covering set as, like, a fun thing. You know, you're, like, there working and it's exhausting right. and there's all this crazy stuff happening. But I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I love this shit. And then told him about it. And he was like, well, we're in production for pretty liars. And it was, it was just like the longest production. Like they kept getting shut down for COVID mm. and having a lot of like difficulties. And I think at that point, like both showrunner and co-creator were like a little burnt out I'm sure. and needed someone to just go be yeah. on set. Right. And I was like, I'll do it. Yeah. Like send me. Cause I want to learn. Good I need to learn. And they were like, great go. And it was into, it was like the, the, I feel like from both rooms, I was gone for like two months. And I remember somebody reaching out from Riverdale being like, are you good? Like, you haven't been in the room for like two months. And I'm like, oh, you were gone that long? Yes, because with, I had just done Riverdale on set Mm -hmm. for like, I don't know, seven to eight days or Mm -hmm. whatever. And then almost as soon as I got back, I went to be on set for Pretty Little Liars. And that lasted three weeks because we it was like snowstorms up there they they filmed in upstate new york yeah so it was like we kept having to pause for just like whatever different reason like covid or snowstorm were you were you having to like read the the notes of the room every day or some shit what were you doing to keep up i mean struggling (laughs) struggling for my life (laughs) so so that's how it started yes of course i was like yeah i'm gonna like you know read the notes (laughs) and then after i came back from set the second time i was like no i'm (laughs) tired i straight up was just like called roberto and said i need like a couple days Mm -hmm. i need a couple days to get back on track and he was like oh it's fine like but are you good (laughs) yeah like being on set is no joke but it's a lot of fun Mm -hmm. um it's my I love the writer's room, but I, I'm 
I love running a set. Yes. I'm really good at it. Yeah. I'm not saying that like hockey, I just have done over 30 of them. Right. I know how to do it really well. Yeah. Yeah. Like I enjoy it. Like, and I want to do more of it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, now I've been on set a couple of times and just hoping I get more and more and more of that experience. Because every, you know, as you know, every show is different. Every Every set is different. Like Mm -hmm. different problems present itself. And every time, you know, as difficult as some moments can be, I feel like I always end up having just a good time. And I leave set being a better writer, like a more knowledgeable writer, because I know how to produce. Um, It's the key. Yeah. So. Otherwise, you're just out there running willy-nilly, just coming up with ideas. Ooh, they're in space. Yeah, I was just going to say, they're on the moon. I'm like, uh, no, bitch, we ain't doing that. We're going to blow this thing up three times in the in yes. pilot. But there, there's something to understanding why. Yeah. You know what I mean? So as soon as your line producer's like, you know, we're $300,000 of a budget, you can right. go, oh, you know, they don't need to go to that store. All they have to do is walk down the hall and do, like you could start to see. Exactly. Especially when you know what is at the actual location of the sets and stuff. Right. You go, oh, well, the, the the warehouse, we got this. We get, oh, what if we tear that wall? Yeah. Did, you know what I mean? You start to see things differently than, number one, had you not have been to the set. Right. <laughs> and number two, when you start to understand why. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's the game. Exactly. It makes you a better pitcher in the room. Just oh, makes God. you more a more efficient writer because even now i'll write things you know and not to like you know uh uh, snuff myself too much of like holding myself (laughs) back but like just thinking what is producible in a in a sense of Mm -hmm. like you know we can do we can do this and maybe instead of you know just managing my imagination a little bit like yeah like you were saying instead of like having this take place in space maybe it's in a desert and Mm -hmm the same thing can happen so just that i feel like opened me up as a writer in the best way being in roberto's camp Mm -hmm. um just shout out to roberto yeah roberto um just because i got that exposure and i got that practice of being on set and it's you know obviously that's just like life-changing Um, so that's kind of where I've been, like w- with you know, gone back. Was that from, right, before, right before COVID? I mean, right before the 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 strike. Pretty much up until so we so season six Riverdale went back to season two mm-hmm. Pretty Little Liars. We had just finished the room; they were mm-hmm. in production, and then I just happened to get onto um, Alert Missing Persons Unit season two on Fox for like you two are weeks though. Blowing though, two weeks, and then we were You're like, "Hey y'all." Killing it. <laughs> So Thank where you. you at now? What level are you at now? Co- Co-EP. What? Yeah. You got another double fucking bump, a triple bump? No, well, so going back and forth to from Riverdale, since I did a full uh, season there, went back to PLL mm-hmm. season two, got bumped up once, and then got bumped up again once I started this new nice. Girl, new you job. try to get a brother teary out. I love it. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> so when people say, like, how, how, like, what's your story? Like, how'd you get here? I feel like getting teary-eyed because mm-hmm. to be here... And to be so happy and grateful and, f- like, full. And think back. Like, it wasn't, like, what, seven years ago? Mm-hmm. I was in, like, my darkest moment. Crazy. Not even knowing who I was or where I was going. It's just insane. Like, insane in the best way. Like, so Here's something grateful. to tell you, though. And this is, this is myself, Lena. Like, all of us have talked about this. Watch this. We all made it when we were ready to walk out. Mm-hmm. That's the key. It's kind of like, and this is a, please, everybody listening to this, this is a horrible, horrible um, um, example. But this is what I compare it to. Just watch Mm -hmm. this. 
Now I'm not. I don't have depression, so I can't say I know this for a fact. Yeah. So I'm just using it as a bad comparison. Yeah. yeah. It's like the word we hate, a bad pitch. But just watch yeah. this. I always say that I wonder. Let put it. I'll rephrase it. I wonder for people who end up fully committing suicide. This mm-hmm. is my thoughts that I've mm-hmm. had. If they had waited another thirty seconds, mm. right? Yeah. It's the same theory to me. You were ready to go back home to Maryland, right? Yeah. Virginia, Maryland. Virginia. Forgive me. Yeah. And something said, I'll give it another week or two. I'll give it another month. And within that, something shifted. Right. That's what I mean. So please yeah. don't no, don't be yeah. don't be don't be what they call it, at me or whatever the shit. I'm not <laughs> not dogging nobody who has depression. I'm just saying the theory is yeah. sometimes and what I mean is how many times have you been sad? And within like whatever time that went by, all mm-hmm. of a sudden you laughed at something. Mm-hmm. But 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 in the middle of the depression, that's when they do the thing. Yeah. As opposed to trying to give themselves a chance to get out of it. Right. That's my theory, if right. you will. But that's just me talking from over here. No, so. for sure. Like for sure. I remember the the most uncertain time. I had was during the HBO fellowship because mm-hmm. I wasn't working like swagger had already ended and I was hoping right. we would quickly get like a season two or something mm-hmm. or I would be able to go on set or something like that and it was just such a long doubt uh, strong out process because COVID and all the uh, you know things outside of our control mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god like okay now I'm going through my savings <laughs> like you know this is not how it's supposed to be like I did the thing. Right. I, I I was a PA and then I got in a room and then I got a fellowship. Mm-hmm. Like, hello, <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Where y'all, yeah, where's the opportunity? You've broken all of the things that every writer is trying to get. Yeah. yeah. I hope you know that. Yeah. Most people do the fellowships six, seven times before they yep. get it. Yep. You know what I mean? So, so your odds is telling me two things. Your interview is super good. Or your writing is super good. Sometimes it's not both. Right. And I'm telling you that you know where I'm going, right? <laughs> it's true. It's rare to have them both. Yeah. And it usually takes a little time to get seasoned to have them both. Right. So so that's why I said way earlier when we first started talking, you were telling your story, and I felt the emotion. I was like, oh, she connects in her meetings. Mm. She mm-hmm. doesn't. She's not afraid to be open to tell. You see, you got me, got me, Tyria. Like I'm not afraid. <laughs> To be teary-eyed. I'm not afraid yeah, to show yeah. you that I'm, you know, vulnerable. Yep. You know what I mean? And that is the key. And that's, that's the thing I'm always telling writers. I'm like, if you ain't ready to tell the stories of how, and I always use this as an analogy, how your, 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 your sibling or your father or your whatever was an alcoholic, and, and you don't want to, I don't want anybody to know, you should not be in a writer's room. Yeah. You should not be in a writer's room if you're not willing to be open about stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's the sauce right there. And I mean, it does make it, easier in the sense that i feel like i'm i'm i i consider myself a pretty shy person mm-hmm. like, you ain't but, shy. but no like for like <laughs> uh, it take, sometimes it takes me a while to, to open up to people unless mm-hmm. people ask me questions and okay. i'll tell you anything right but i feel like going back to what you're saying of like just being open i feel like it's easier because the worst thing that i felt like could have ever happened to me has mm-hmm. happened mm. Anything after that, after 2014, 2013, when I graduated, anything after that, all of this is so unexpected. I'm not even supposed to be here. That's how I feel. 
So it's like, hey, what do n- I have to do? None of us black folks are supposed to be. They, you know, this place they, is not made they for trying. us. They trying. It's not made for <laughs> they us. They really trying. <laughs> they let one, two of us every yeah, four months. Shoot. They're like, okay, well, here's one. They're like, girl, how you get here? <laughs> mm, you're not supposed to be here. Like, exactly. Oh, dang, you too. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, That's real. awesome. Do, have you heard anything about if this strike ends where you will be or if it'll come back or what's going on well the hope is um we'll get back going with uh alert missing person unit season two um because we like i said we were just letting for like three weeks and we haven't heard anything so i feel like no yeah. news is good news. But you guys still blue sky in the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? We were in there like, okay, let's get let's get as much as we can done. Bye. <laughs> strike. Strike hits. Um, so hopefully that's where I'll be. Okay. Um, and if not, I'll be continuing to work on original stuff, developing, and, you know, pedal to the metal. That's what's up. Just grinding, grinding all day long. Yeah, we were doing Alex Cross, the TV show, yeah. Aldis, <clears throat> and... Um, so I'm producing, we're doing kind of like this companion piece to the show. Mm. So, oh, cool. so you've probably seen it like Amazon and Hulu, like a bunch of those different networks. They do like, like The Walking Dead did it. It's almost like a digital series version yeah, yeah. where they take two or three of the characters and build yep. a whole. So I'm running that oh, thing that nice. we're doing. So if we finish on time if we could end this goddamn thing we're gonna come back and then I'm, I'll be able to finish it because nice. I had to turn the scripts in May 1st like okay. before midnight yeah. so we'll see you know I wanna get back to that yeah. otherwise I'm gonna be trying to find another job on the show and you know trying to get staffed again Shoot. so it's like well fingers crossed yeah. like that's dope I mean Alex Cross like that whole franchise I feel like is so yeah. popular so it's yeah. like why not we, we want it give yeah. it to us yeah. it's dope you know it's what dope. I mean <laughs> like, it's dope and we're, and we're doing a really different version compared to like Tyler Perry's version I mean, yeah. he's yeah. a lot more hipper and younger and cooler and you know what I mean yeah. a lot more edger you know yeah. so it's sexier that is <laughs> you know dope I mean? yeah exactly, exactly. that is anyway. dope well thank you Danielle appreciate you coming hanging with the brother always yes, thank indeed. you so much for having me nah, I knew we were going to have a good time yeah like I said when I heard you speak um, at that rally a couple of weeks ago I was like Okay, I gotta reach out. To also, Danielle. shout out to Reggie for yes, putting me man. on the spot. Uh, almost passed out in the grass after that. <laughs> Nobody saw that part. Did you? Really? Just after or before? After it That's was like hilarious. I think I got so overheated and adrenaline was pumping. I went and just laid out in the grass. Nobody came over to check on me. That's Finally, someone was like, "You need some water?" Yes, and an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad I was able to get through the impromptu speech. Well, I, I was telling you about. I don't know I'm trying to end this. Forgive me. I was telling you about how, um, you know, I thought until a month or two ago that, you know, I didn't graduate from high school and all mm-hmm. that shit. So <clears throat> they asked me to open up the, um, I don't know if you were at the HBCU yes. event. Yeah. So so I was like, me? I was like, you know, I didn't graduate from high school. They're like, no, no, you're great. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I'm standing under the tent before I go out. And the comedian was up, you know, doing her thing. And then she, yeah. and before, what you don't know is I was behind the, tent where the dj was mm-hmm. sweating my ass off <laughs> oh my god and here's something you don't know i'm never nervous mm. well you want to know why i was nervous yeah because i started having imposter syndrome wow i was yeah. looking around at all these alphas and all i was like why in the fuck am i here i didn't go to college and all. Yeah. i started doing all that yeah and she says you guys know him from the screenwriters rant room the blah 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 and the crowd went run right, i went oh Yep. And I snapped out of it. Yeah. But while I was there, I started sweating like profusely. <laughs> yeah. And it was because it was still there a little bit, right? Yeah. And I got through it 
But when I left, I did the same thing you did. I was walking across the street, and I started feeling like I was going to pass out or whatever. Tell and me. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I, somebody, I saw somebody with the water. I, yeah. I grabbed one. I, you know what I mean? Shit. So it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> Just stepping up to the moment. Indeed. Well, thank yeah. you, Danielle. Where can people follow you? You're on Instagram, Twitter, or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, Instagram and Twitter, I'm at I am Danielle Iman. I am Danielle. Come Good. see me. Good. I like that you brand your name. I can't stand when people are like at writer such and such. I'm like, bitch, I don't I know. remember your name. They didn't get to it fast enough. That's uh, the thing. Somebody told me long ago. They were like, just Daniel underscore I'm on they something. They were like, do this and keep it for all your platforms. Yes. And I was like, okay. Agreed. Agreed. 10 years later, I'm like, oh, they write. Yeah. Because <laughs> see, it was a cool thing like 10 years ago to be some other, you exactly. know, whatever entity. But now I'm telling you as a producer, I can't tell you how many times, like even when I was staffing, I was like, wait, is that, who is that writer? I think they'd be dope. And I'd be like, I don't remember. Yeah, it's like where to find them? Exactly. They got different places. Yeah. Bad. But yeah. Well, thank I am you Daniel again. Iman. Cool. <clears throat> I appreciate you. Good good having you. I think we had a fun little episode. This was great. Nice little conversation. Invite me back for the mixtape. Yes, indeed. Oh, we just get it. Oh, you the one supposed to have the bars. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a full sixteen next time I got. So you got to bring her saxophone next time. Like wah 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 wah. <laughs> and I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. I'm not saying X. I'm a grown ass man. I'm not gonna do it. Um at Hilliard Guest everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, everything. The new threads, whatever the hell they call it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> just at Hilliard Guest. Um, please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, whatever you guys listen to. We're all over the world. Anywhere you can find us, whatever you get your podcasts at. <clears throat> please give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. Please go on ScreenwritersRR.com. We got T-shirts on there. We got a Patreon page. You could donate, you know, five million, ten million. We don't ask for much. Um, <laughs> Danielle, she already put in fifty Gs in there. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Coming, it's coming. You know what I'm saying? Just threw it in there. Bam. It's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> That's that EP money. Like, bam. <laughs> anyway, thank you again uh, to everybody who gives us a five star review, who retweets and reposts the show. We thank you. Um, those of you who buy the T-shirts, we're about to come out with some new T-shirts. They're about to come out soon. Um, shit like that. Thank you again, Danielle. Thank you. Join with me for 2023. Don't ask me why we do it. It just came out the blue. We change it every year to the same name number. <laughs> it used to be, we used to be 100, and then um, what's his name came out with his show and started saying 100. We're like, oh, yeah. stole my shit. <laughs> so then we started doing Wakanda Forever, and then it got old. We were yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, 2023. Y'all know how we do it on the rant room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, Danielle? 2023. 20, Peace, y'all. Boom. I'ma say what I feel, and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the rent room. Rent room, rent room.